This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, September 4th, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. New data pegged the number of uninsured in America at 47 million. But does that number truly represent only those who can't get insurance, either through government programs or private insurers? Michael Cannon, the Cato Institute's Director of Health Policy Studies, suggests that millions of the uninsured can afford coverage. Millions more would qualify for government programs. He says the problems of the uninsured are ones that cost-conscious consumers must be empowered to help solve. Who are the uninsured? Well, the Census Bureau released its uh, most commonly cited uh, estimate of the uninsured this past week, uh, and this year the number is up from uh, 44.8 million to about 46.9 million or 47 million. Uh, the problem is that there are about four different government surveys that measure the number of uninsured in America, and this one. Uh, which is called the Current Population Survey, is widely recognized to overstate the number of uninsured. In fact, the other three surveys put the number of Americans who are uninsured for the entire year at somewhere between 19 million and 36 million, whereas this this, uh, current population survey figure is somewhat of an outlier out at 47 million. Now, there is a distinction that you draw over and above that smaller number, which is between the uninsured and people who cannot afford health insurance. What are those numbers? Right. So when you say when when you say there are 47 million uninsured people in the United States, that gives the impression that there are 47 million people out there who don't have health insurance and can't get it, and that's just wrong. Um, there are a lot of people who are uninsured who are eligible for government programs, for example. Um, they are effectively insured because they could sign up for that coverage anytime they want. Uh, And it's been estimated that they account for as many as 20% of the people counted as uninsured in these surveys. Um, A lot of people who aren't eligible for government programs are uh, still able to purchase coverage if they want it. There was a study by uh, two economists, one Kate Bundorf at the at Stanford University and uh, Mark Pauly at the University of Pennsylvania, and they asked and they they uh, estimated that uh, d- depending on your definition of affordability, between one quarter and three quarters of the people we count as uninsured could uh, purchase health insurance if they wanted to. They could afford health insurance. So there are a lot of people who are effectively insured uh, in that 47 million, uh, and there are a lot of people who could obtain coverage if they want it. I think a much more useful way to look at the uninsured is to recognize that a lot of them are only temporarily uninsured. They will regain coverage even if we do nothing. But if you want to look at the the chronically uninsured, the people who are uninsured for, say, uh, a stint of two years or more, the government survey suggests that that's about 10 million people. It's a much smaller number. Um, you still have a lot of people in there uh, who are uh, able to purchase insurance. About one out of six uh, of those 10 million people uh, make more than four times the poverty line. So, uh, or, uh, so what that means is a family of uh, four would be making about $80,000 a year. So even 
a lot of the chronically uninsured could afford coverage. But there are still uh, millions of Americans, fewer than 10, but millions of Americans who cannot afford health insurance. And what we should be doing is stripping away the and, and scrapping the government regulations and the, and the subsidies that distort the health care market and make health coverage and care too expensive for those people. In terms of a distortion of the health care market, you suggest that the average family of four spends $25,000 a year in health care costs, and only 11000 of that, as estimated by the Kaiser Family Foundation, is actually insurance that they purchase for their own family. Well, yeah, what that $25,000 figure uh, represents is how much the uh, average family of four spends on health insurance in a given year. 14000 of that is in taxes to provide health insurance to other people through the government, and the average family policy uh, through an through an employer costs about eleven thousand dollars, so, so the the problem that 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 becomes apparent when you look at it that way is that everyone is purchasing health insurance essentially with someone else's money. Uh, the people in government programs are basically buying their health insurance with the taxpayer's money, and uh, even those who have private insurance are buying it with what is essentially their employer's money. They, because the worker doesn't get to control that money, uh, he demands more health insurance than he would if he did own and control that money. So what we really create is a, is a tragedy of the commons with regard to health insurance. People want more and more of it because they're not bearing the, the cost directly. And what that happens, what, what that does is we get more health insurance than we would otherwise, and we create a tragedy of the commons when it comes to purchasing health care. People are so heavily insured in the United States that they demand more and more health care than they would, and a lot of health care that doesn't do them any good. Uh, but what it does do is it does uh, drive up health care spending and drive up the, the, the cost of, of, of health care and health coverage. And that's the main reason why we have so many people who are chronically uninsured, because we're doing so much to make health care more expensive. So even given the current magnitude of those who cannot afford health insurance, those that are chronically uninsured, what is the fix for those people? Well, I think it's first to correct that tragedy of the commons that we've created. Uh, a good first step would be to let workers control the money that purchases their health insurance. Let them own that. That's part of their earnings. Uh, they should control it rather than let their employers control it. The reason they don't is because the federal government imposes a tax penalty on on, on the, that kind of individual ownership and control. And we should be eliminating that tax penalty. One way to do it would be through a proposal that's been put forward by President Bush and that Rudy Giuliani has, uh, has adopted, which would extend the current tax break uh, that employer-provided health insurance receives to health, insur health insurance that the individual controls. Uh, it would also cap the overall tax break for, uh, for health insurance and health care, which would be very helpful. I've put forward another proposal, I call it large health savings accounts, that would uh, give uh, workers control over that $11,000 and probably give it to them uh, more immediately and more readily than would the Bush-Giuliani proposal. But the key is to eliminate the tax code's bias toward employer-provided coverage because what that really does is deny workers ownership and control over a part of their earnings and encourages them to demand more coverage than they otherwise would. Once individuals control that money, they'll make smarter health insurance deci decisions, they'll make smarter and more cost-conscious health care decisions, and when they're shopping around for health insurance and health care, they're going to put downward pressure on prices, 
and help make health insurance and health care affordable for more people. Michael Cannon is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute and co-author of the book, Healthy Competition. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Read more on health care at our website, cato.org.